And here we go. That's right, you're back in Red's line. And tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we witnessed two things. One, the Reds still are offensively deficient. And number two, they have Diaz's number in the ninth inning. And that would be the closer who the Mets acquired from the Seattle Mariners. And that's who they attached to Robinson Cano. So that was the uh, basically the star that the Mariners got back. Well, not the Mariners, but basically that was the uh, sweetener that the Mets got back for taking on Cano's huge contract. Now, the Mets did send a, a young first-rounder, but the Mets had selected, and Jared Kolechnik, and that guy is going to be a world beater, really nice young hitter. Hopefully the Reds have a chance to make a deal with the uh, Mariners in a playoff push and can get somebody like K- K- yeah, Never mind, I'm not going to even pronounce his name. Kolechnik. And Evan White, never mind, let's get back to this game. So, we had Disco versus DeGrom. And what I say last night, I thought DeGrom was going to dominate for five or six, or I said six innings and strike out 12 or 13 hitters. Because that guy's a machine, man. He he was great last year, Cy Young Award winner. But he's been on the shelf, been a little rusty. I think he had given up like 14 earned runs and 13 innings. So he was getting beat up. Uh, earlier in the season, but I think he had some uh, shoulder fatigue or whatever the case may be that he had. Anyways, so I was a little off, which doesn't affect my world-famous 99.7 percentage of always being right because he still dominated for like seven innings. He just didn't strike out 12 or 13. He struck out seven. So, what did Disco do? Oh, by the way, he didn't allow a hit until the top of the fifth. And who got the hit? Anthony DiSclefani. That's how bad the Reds were at just their approach in this game. Now, I'm not going to sit here and beat him up too bad because Jacob DeGrom looked just as good as every other pitcher down the pike. Because every other everybody, at, at least the Reds have an excuse when Jacob Degrom is pitching, if that makes sense. They have no excuse when Vargas is pitching, or you know the pitchers that are coming down the pike with a four-five ERA, and the Reds are against the ropes all night. But uh, how did Disco pitch? Amazing, and he was really good. He uh, was pulled way too early, in my opinion. Tom Brenneman was on David Bell. For pulling him. It was uh, five and two-thirds innings. He had only given up two hard hit. He gave up three hits, but only two hard hit balls the entire night. And they pull him for Wandy Peralta to get the third out in the uh, sixth, which I thought was a mistake. When you got Disco rolling, and I don't think Disco and Rowan go in the same sentence together, but when you got a pitcher and starter rolling like that, let them... 
let them keep going. I mean, I and I know it was a zero to zero game, but you you're just going through these relievers, David Bell. Like I don't, I'm really tired of making the Oprah reference because. Uh, to say that you get a car, you get a car, you get a car, you get a relief appearance, you get a relief appearance, you get a relief appearance. Well, that's just understated anyway because you're giving away more relief appearances than Oprah ever gave away cars. And uh, what? why don't we count the relievers that you used today, David Bell? One, two, three, four. It was only four. Usually you're at five or six. So, hey, he, he, he held some restraint. <laughs> Okay, but let's talk about that fourth inning with the with the Reds. The fourth inning, they were able to get the bases loaded. And do you guys remember a couple of days ago in the Reds line game recaps, this actual show, when I talked about, who did I talk about? Who threw the bat? Oh, it was Suarez who threw his baseball bat down. I think it was last night. And I was saying the cameraman didn't show it. And, didn't, and they don't show cool things like Bo Jackson breaking his bat over his knee anymore. Well, in the fourth inning, Puig did that. And they showed it. So, props to the New York Mets cameraman. But uh, it was kind of funny that I brought it up last night. And then Puig does it tonight. It was amazing. Anyway, that fourth inning was was a chance for the Reds to actually score some runs. And it really... It really kind of uh, just encapsulated the Reds' inability to, you know, scratch a run or put the run together. Uh, Votto led off the inning. He actually reached on an error by their center fielder, Brandon Nimmo, who should actually be the Reds' center fielder. But everybody's going to be like, well, he made that error. was 0 for 4 tonight. Oh, you were wrong, Jared. No, I'm not wrong. Dude had a 400 on-base percentage last year. Heck, I think he was second to Votto last year at OBP. He was definitely in the top five, definitely over over 400 on-base percentage, and he could have been the leadoff hitter of this team the last three years. I don't want to hear it. Anyway, after Votto reaches... Oh, and that shouldn't even have been an error, by the way, because uh, at first glance, you, everybody thought that was a double. So uh, the baseball uh, scores on this. They need to go read back. Take that error away and give Votto another hit and a double for his career marks. Then Suarez strikes out. Winker walks. Puig strikes out on a foul tip and then that's when he broke the bat. Uh, Derek Dietrich got hit by a pitch. So then the bases are loaded and I don't know what's going on with Tucker Barnhart but man he just literally he just struck out and uh Left the bases juiced, and that really fired up DeGrom. And then DeGrom just rolled on 18-wheeler the rest of the way. And uh, let's get back to Disco. Five and two-thirds innings, three hits, no runs, no earned runs. Only one walk. You guys know what I say about the walks. They keep the walks down. They're going to be poor, more pitch efficient. Yeah, Disco only had 85 pitches when he was pulled. David Bell. Let me retry that. Three, two, one. David Bell, you're going to kill your bullpen. If it is not already killed already, it's like a carcass. It's twitching. Anyway, and he struck out eight, so he had it going, man. And uh, I'm telling you right now, uh, I've talked about how Disco, I, didn't, I thought he was a reliever. The Reds have got to try and find a trade partner that needs some pitching and parlay Disco into two or three players, one of which is a super 
and I don't mean superstar, but I mean like a legitimate prospect who's young that you know is going to be successful in the majors. I I hate to uh, use words like superstar and that because then it gets taken out of context. You know, for, next thing you know, they're going to be like, oh, uh, they want Jared thinks so they can trade Zach Duke for Mike Trout. That's what I got to deal with in resonation number forty one ninety two with the uh, trolls and the haters and the people that are in, insecure with their fandom. So anyway, that's what I'm talking about. They've got to pinpoint a couple of these players on this team to parlay into multiple players that can actually contribute long-term for this team. So anyway, Disco, he got his ERA down to 3.42. Really two good starts coming off of two, well, Three good starts coming off of a couple bad starts. Remember he had that good start in San Diego two starts ago. And I was like, well, that's Petco Park. And then he put together another good start against the Cardinals. So uh, what are you going to do? So anyway, uh, that's how that game shook out. Um, Michael Lorenzen came in and got a second save, which I thought was really cool. And uh, like I said, uh, oh, well, I didn't talk about the top of the ninth. Russell, not Russell, Jose Iglesias comes up and he hits that home run off of Diaz and Diaz was so upset. I think he said something that probably uh, rhymed with a uh, bird that is, uh, never mind, I don't want to even say it. But anyways, so Diaz was pissed. If you don't remember, Diaz gave a game-winning home run basically up to Jesse Winker two nights ago. Tonight gives up another game-winning home run to Jose Iglesias. Now that was Iglesias' second home run of the year, and he went two for four with a run in an RBI. His batting average is up to three thirteen. Now I was totally against Iglesias. I wasn't against him his signing. I was against him making the team over like keeping a guy like Connor Joe. And I'll stick to that because while this victory might ring great and everything you know, they could have had Nick Senzel up the entire year without the Iglesias signing. So you got to kind of pick and choose what you're thinking. Is Iglesias a nice player? I don't even think he's a nice player. I mean, it, it depends on your definition of nice. Do I think you build a team around him? No. I would rather have, you know, Senzel out there playing shortstop improving and you know if Iglesias is your backup and you bring him in for late defensive purposes and, and have him mentoring Senzel who's your shortstop of the future that's one thing but we all know that the Reds are going to drive Nick Senzel in the ground playing center field and you might want to come to Reds line when it happens because I will be the first one to say I told you I don't even need to say I told you so because I've told them, I've told you, it is well documented, so I'll just be waiting. And I'm not going to be happy. I'm just going to be like, well, I told you. So, Iglesias hits that home run. It's up one to nothing. Lorenzen comes in. Pitch is great. I really was proud of him. And um, he just... One strikeout, no hits. ERAs one point oh eight, and uh, you got to be happy with that. And that's where I'm saying the Reds really need to take the to improve this franchise. The Reds need to take like 
Iglesias, and I'm not talking about Jose, Rossell Iglesias, Tucker Barnhart, if he can start swinging the bat better, and who else did I say? Disco, and make some trades at the, between now and the trade deadline and parlay those guys into some more depth and get three quality players that are going to be with this team long-term out of those three trades. Now, I'm all, I'm almost willing to put Suarez in this whole thing, but they got him signed to such a cherry contract, you hate to trade him because when you got a guy that's not making that much money, can put up 30 home runs and 100 RBIs and do what he does, it's kind of hard to trade him. But again, that might be a positional player that they got to trade to really bring some value back. Now, the people in Reds Nation are going to say, well, no, trade Scooters, trade Scooter. Well, Scooter's not going to bring that much back. Second basemen just aren't, you know, and I'm not saying Scooter's not valuable, but second basemen aren't bringing back value like a, a top-of-the-line catcher or a young third baseman like that or an elite closer like Iglesias. You're just not going to get this big haul back for Jeanette. Jeanette is just, oh, by the way, Scooter, happy birthday. It's his birthday today, May 1st. And so he wants to be a Red. It's really hard to find us. <laughs> Number one, Cincinnati Reds. It's hard to find a kid from Cincinnati, born in Cincinnati, with pictures in Cincinnati Reds outfits, uniforms, uh, getting uh, pictures with Pete Rose and Ken Griffey Sr. And he. it's really hard to find a kid like that that grows up to become a baseball player and you know, basically winds up on your team by the luck of the baseball gods uh, through a DFA and a waiver claim. And then he hits, has a four-home run game for you one year, chases for the batting title the next year, which your pitching staff co- cost him. <laughs> so, I mean, the stars are aligning for you to sign Scooter Jeanette long-term. Uh, Cincinnati Reds front office, so that's all I got to tell you about that. But back to this entire game. So they got a chance to win it tomorrow, the series, because it's all because uh, well, you know what? They can tie the series tomorrow, but they can they can actually win it if they win tomorrow, and that's going to be really cool. And it's an early game. It's a, like a nooner. A nooner. You know we've talked about that before on Red's Line because we're like that. Not really. That was an inside joke. I've only said nooner one other time and chuckled about it. Relax. So tomorrow, it's Tyler Malley against Noah Syndergaard. Now that's going to be an interesting game because Syndergaard's uh, off his game, got the 635 ERA. Did I read that right? Wow, man. You might want to trade for Syndergaard while he's, while he's uh, on, on a very low, low, low value right now, but the Mets aren't going to trade him at this low of value. See, they're not as, uh, they're, they're, <clears throat> they're not as, uh, special as a team who would trade Arnoldus Chapman in the middle of a, uh, off season when he the investigation hasn't even like started or concluded or whatever the case may be. They don't want to trade Noah Syndergaard for Eric Jaglio, Caleb Cotham, Tony Renda, 
And who else did they get for an oldest Chapman? Gosh, I always forget that fourth player. Anyways, Rookie Davis. Oh, how can I forget Rookie Davis? He's actually the assistant pitching coach now, which, nah, let's not even touch that. Okay, so let's get to the good things list. So, who gets number one on the good things list? I'll go ahead and give it to Anthony DiSclefani, who everybody knows I'm not fond of. Five and two-thirds innings, three hits, no runs, one walk, eight Ks, and only 85 innings. Or 85 innings. That would be nice. Uh, well, not really. But anyway, to make a long story, uh, can't say that. Six, five and two-thirds innings, three hits, no runs, one walk, eight Ks. And uh, like I said... Disco, you're not my favorite. I think you're a reliever, but for some unknown reason, you've, you've strapped together three pretty good starts in a row. Got your ERA respectable 3.42. Uh, if it wasn't for David Bell pulling you, which I don't think he should. Now, his it worked because Peralta got a ground out, but I think you're I, – I, I really just think that Disco should have been left in there. It was one more out. Now, if he would have, uh, you know, let another – drive off the uh, one of his pitches go and they score a run then it's a whole different story but there was two outs and a guy on second I say you let him go out there and try and get that third out but we have a rookie manager who likes to play for the inning and not the game so who gets number two on my good things list you know I probably should have given number one to Jose Iglesias so let's roll that back in number one on the good things list, Jose Iglesias, two for four, the run in an RBI. You're hitting 313, you hit your second home run, and it happened to be a game winner. Congratulations, Jose Iglesias. You get number one on the good things list. Number two, it's Anthony DiSclefani. If you need to know what he did, hit rewind. Go listen to what I said about number one originally, and then put it right here at number two. Anthony DiSclefani, congratulations, because you're number two on the good things list. And you know what? I could give the number three to any player out there, but I'm only going to give it to Michael Lorenzen. Michael Lorenzen, you came in. You saved the game. Second save. You struck out a hitter. Your ERA is down to 1.08. I am so proud of you. You're showing that. Or so Iglesias, if they get any phone calls, they have a closer in waiting with Lorenzen. Very impressive. Proud of Lorenzen. Great human being. Uh, follower of Christ. Every time you talk to uh, Michael Lorenzen or hear him, you know he's a just a great human being. He makes you want to be a better human being. Really proud of you, Lorenzen. Good job tonight. So let's get to the bad things list. Well... I'm just going to tell you who's number one on the bad things list. I don't even got to pull my live studio audience. They already know. That's right, you guys. David Bell, stop hitting Joey Votto leadoff. You're ruining his career in the twilight of his career. You and Walt Jockety are the two men responsible for Votto's numbers being where they're at career-wise, and especially this year. Why I put Walt Jockety up there? Because he let Brandon Phillips hit fourth for how many years when Joey Votto needed a bona fide right-handed slugger hitting fourth? 
the roster malpractice that Walt Jockerty has done to this team, you can't even measure it. So David Bell moved Joey Votto out of the leadoff spot. Well, I know what's going to happen. Nick Senzel's going to be leading off pretty quick. And I just, for the, for for just anything other than getting Votto out of the leadoff spot, thank you. Now, if I'm wrong and the Reds put him eighth or something or seventh, we just got to stop watching this game. No one has to tune in. No one can go to the ballpark because then they will show that they really don't know what they're doing. Okay, so David Bell, you're number one on the bad things list. Who gets number two on the bad things list? David Bell! You only used four relievers today, but you had Disco rolling. What are you thinking? He only had three hits against him, two hard hit balls all night, and just because the next guy was left-handed hitter doesn't mean Disco can't pitch to him. You had two outs. I would have rolled the dice and saw what Disco could do. And if you want to pull him after six, because he probably would have been around 90, I would have totally understood it. Because Wandy Peralta had just as good chance to come in there, David Bell. David Bell! And give a walk up, and then you're in a whole nother world of hurt. How many times have I told you this, David Bell? You don't bring in Wandy Peralta with runners at second and third. If you want to bring him in as a loogie with a runner on first and he needs to neutralize a left-handed batter, that's one thing. But when you got a guy named Disco that is just on 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 just just going down the road rolling, six innings, three hits, no runs, one walk, and eight Ks, and only eighty-five pitches. David Bell, that's why you're number one on the bad things list, and that's why you're number two on the bad things list. So, hey, let's go down to number three on the bad things list. You know what? I'm just going to keep putting you number three, Scott Shelburne, on the bad things list. David Bell, you're going to share it with Scott Shelburne on the bad things list. You double-switched Derek Dietrich out for no reason, put Shebler in there. He grounded into a double play. Scott Shelbler shouldn't even be on the team. Now, I know he had a really good spring, but it doesn't matter. He's not a center fielder, and shame on you for using him in center field, but I can't really blame it on you because we all know who's at fault. The front office, for some unknown reason, thinks Scott Shelbler can play center field. So anyway, that's the bad things. So where do we go from here? Well, like I said, they're going to be in the Big Apple one more night against Thor, Noah Syndergaard, and it's going to be Tyler Malley. Now, I'm not going to give any predictions because my prediction days, they're not over, but I just want, I wouldn't even know where to begin. If Malley doesn't walk anybody, they're going to win. If he walks two or more, they're probably going to lose because he's not going to go deep in the game. I'll give you, I'll tell you that information. But I can, I will tell you this as well. Disco set him up pretty nice. So when Malley comes in there tomorrow, they're nowhere near similar. Malley's more of a pounder in the strike zone, and Disco, I, Disco, I really only think really has two really good pitches. Now I know he got, he can throw more than that, but. Malley has a little bit more command of all his pitches, and that's all I'm going to say. So Disco set him up really nice. The Mar- the Mets, not the Mariners, they did a trade with the Mets. The Mets hitters 
We're not looking good today, so Malley has a chance to come in there and just – if he's Malley, like good Malley, and doesn't walk anybody, Mets are in for a long day. That's all I can tell you. So what can the Reds do to improve? We talked about it last night. Um, other than that, like I said, they got to pinpoint three or four players on this roster, this club, and I'm going to name them. Tucker Barnhart, uh, Rossell Iglesias. Who else did I say? Man, that's just got me all discombobulated. I would even move Tanner Rourke at the deadline for someone who needs a a, a good third or fourth pitcher. There's going to be plenty of teams that need him. you got to turn him into some players. Now, I don't think Tanner Rourke's going to bring you a lot. Depending on the pitching needy team, if you if it's a really uh, if it's a see, ladies and gentlemen, the Reds had the Royals in 2015. They could only afford one ace, and the only ace they could afford was Jose Cueto. And then the Reds' medical staff wouldn't clear Sean Manea, so the Reds took back John Lamb. It was so. Oh, man, I just can't even believe they, they cleared John Lamb. Anyways, so the Royals could, couldn't afford very many aces. They couldn't afford David Price, who the Reds basically had been talking to the Toronto Blue Jays about Jose Cueto. Not Jose Cueto. Johnny Cueto. Jose Rijo's on the not, uh, on the brain, people. Remember, I'm doing this off the top of my head. I don't have the subscription to Baseball America like Dougie Baseball. So back to this. The Reds were talking to the Blue Jays about Johnny Cueto, but the Royals could only get one ace, only one ace. And the Detroit Tigers had not put da- uh, David Price on the market. In fact, the uh, Reds had a deal for Mike Leak to go to Toronto on that Wednesday, but Walt Jockety didn't want to consummate the deal Wednesday night. He wanted to wait till Thursday morning to see if he had any other offers come in. And that's when the next morning, that's when David Price got put on the, uh, what do you call that, on the market. And the rest is history. The Blue Jays traded uh, Daniel Norris, Mike Boyd, and I think a cu- one other pitcher, too, or one other player. I can't remember the third player. I don't have my screens in front of me, Dougie Baseball. I'm sorry. I don't have my su- subscription to Baseball America. Please forgive me. Anyways, so then we you never know what they were going to get from Mike Leake. I'll guarantee you Daniel Norris was coming back, and, man, I like him. Even though he struggled the last couple of years, um, you never know what they would have got instead of Duvall and uh, Mella. So, but back to the Royals situation, the Royals could only afford one ace. And Johnny Cueto was on the cheapest deal. Remember, he was like making 10 or 11 million that year. And this is how bad of a trade the Reds did. They actually had to pay $1 million of Johnny Cueto's remaining salary in that 2015 trade. This is how horrible of negotiators they are. And they got back Brandon Finnegan, Cody Reed, and John Lamb. And no team would have took John Lamb back because he was out of options. See, this team keeps taking back players who are out of options in their trades. That's why this front office cannot be trusted to make a trade. Caleb Cotham, going to be a six-year minor league free agent out of options, basically. You can't make it up. Tony Renda, same thing. 
I mean, it. I'm just telling you, they got to get a new philosophy. And but back to this whole thing, they got to pinpoint three or four players to get um, back some some kind of. Okay, on a depth chart, you have where you have good depth, and then you got where you have really bad depth. So you want to trade three or four players and bring back bring back what fills your needs. And the Reds have never been able to do that correctly. They cross-stream trades, and it makes no sense. They don't fill holes correctly. They bring in multiple players to the same position, which makes no sense. They have no vision as far as um, trying to put together a franchise. Franchise building is not their strong suit. But back to what I'm saying is Tucker Barnhart, Russell Glacius, probably Tanner Roark. I would even put, I don't think they're going to put Suarez on the market, but you know, you just got to put people on the market if you can get somebody back. Um, they've ruined Scott Shubler's value. You know, Scott Shubler had great value after his spring. And there was plenty of teams needing out for They should have traded him and got something back for him. And then it, you just, this team just really doesn't. I, I I just get tired of criticizing him because I love this franchise so much. I just wish I could help him. Anyways, so they got to pinpoint some players that they can live without and probably move them. And I'm telling you another thing, they got to make David Hernandez and Jared Hughes available too. And I'm not saying give them away because those guys are on cheap contracts. If a team wants them, get back one good prospect, one Good prospect, and I'm not talk. You're not going to get no top hundred prospect, but I mean a guy that you know will make the major leagues and contribute. And I'm not talking about a pinch hitter or utility player. There's plenty of guys down the list on these on these top prospects list for organizational that you can get back for a guy like Hughes or Hernandez. So that the I know it's not. It's only May. And the end of July is like three months away, but still, you got to be making plans and fielding phone calls. So what I would do is I'd have Disco ready, Tucker ready, Barnhart, and Iglesias ready, and then I would be fielding phone calls for Hughes and David Hernandez. And, you know, that's five players you can trade if you want to keep Suarez, which I know they're going to keep Suarez. So that's five players you can trade, three of them that ought to bring you back really good value. And then, like I said, you got to match up with the right team. You just can't help your buddies out, Walt Jockety. You know when you traded Adam Duvall to your buddy Kevin Towers? May you rest in peace, Kevin Towers. But when you traded him for nothing, remember when you got Dallas Buck, Wilkin Castillo, and and Micah Owings? It, you, you, you got zero back for a great hitter. And no more buddy deals. You got screwed on the Trevor Bauer and Didi Gregorius deal for Chin Su Chu. And I know that everybody thinks that was a great trade ever, but I think that the Indians and the Yankees, who got Gregorius now, are actually a little bit more happier. And how would you like to have Gregorius play a shortstop instead of Zach Cozart the last half a decade? Lord Almighty, what would the Reds have then? Anyways...
Yeah, considering his left-handed stroke, he'd probably hit 30 home runs a year. A lot sooner than when he hit that 27 spot or 28 spot for the Yanks uh, last year. So, anyways, it's all it's all down to good player evaluations. And then all these other people in Reds Nation want to say, well, it's all about what the other team will. No, it's, it's negotiating, man. It's negotiating from strength and not weakness. So... From the Little Apple all the way to Reds country. And right now in the Big Apple, we're going to shut this Reds line down for the night. And uh, it's a noon game tomorrow, everybody. So we'll have an early Reds line edition out tomorrow maybe. Well, maybe not. I might have some plans tomorrow afternoon after this game. So I might not get around to it till later in the evening. But nonetheless... We will have another Reds line out for you. And yeah, it'll be exciting. It'll be crazy. It'll be probably another David Bell or 18. You never know what's going to happen. But I'll tell you what. I appreciate you listening. And good night, Reds Nation.